Hello everyone and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we try and take some science, squish it into an hour-long show, hopefully making it less confusing than it was at the beginning. This week, we're taking a look at Formula One and the aerodynamics involved. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at InfoEntropyPod, TikTok at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, InformationEntropyPod, and of course, whichever directory you're listening to this on right now, if you can give us a like, a rating, a share, whatever it is, it is highly appreciated. I am Tom Jenks, joined as per usual by Mitchell Gatting. How are you, mate? You know what? I'm doing really good. How are you? Yeah, not too shabby. Um, I had to go to uni at eight o'clock in the evening because I realised I forgot my hard drive with all my notes on there. So that was fun. No ideal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's recovered. So all, all good. <laughs> you, you got all it. good. Um, all good. What, what lifts the spirits this week? I don't know. You know, it's I just good. Just having a, just having a chill good. time. Yeah. Fun. Oh. Falling down the uh, the rabbit hole that is Magic the Gathering again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I, that's, I know I, that's I thought, an ongoing uh, thing. Yeah, I don't I feel like that you've before, gone down the rabbit hole now. <laughs> You, you, that's long I started. Gone. I was I was playing the, the video game and on the precipice, but now now I've bought some cards and I've got a new deck. Okay, um, exciting times. Exciting times. It's a commander deck. Uh, those that don't know, it means a hundred different cards in one deck. And they can't be the same card apart from lands. Uh, yeah, and I, I just want to want to get out there and play. But it did incite. Um, do you know what I go? We had a discussion about how I introduce myself and how it gives me a lot of anxiety for right. no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, only for the, do I say that my name is Mitchell or I am the embodiment of Mitchell? Okay, yeah. Just we, the we classic existential crisis. Yeah, I do remember this. <laughs> yeah, that is, it's causing that because I'm having to introduce myself to people. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, because I'm, you know, I went out and went to one of the local stores that played like it's a Magic the Gathering store. Uh, and you know, obviously wanting to play with people that are, you know, new to me, going out and meet strangers, you know, hard to do as an adult. Yeah. And it invoked that situation where I was like Have you thought yeah, about what, just getting it, one of those name tags that says my name is and then you just, just put your name in it and then you feel like <laughs> suck. And then you never have to introduce your name. It's already there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That might garner more questions, to be fair. Um, yeah, yeah. So at least you can get like, past the initial hey i'm this person slash the embodiment of this person slash yeah. i'm not really sure can we move past this please um as long as you can get past that initial phase you're all good mm-hmm. yeah well good i'm glad uh i'm glad you're doing well i'm glad you, you you're back into it yeah yeah no no, no it's good it's good it's expensive yeah, I was going to say, just please don't suck me back into it as well. <laughs> um, so there's a Lord of the Rings expansion, oh, an expanded, expanded world, and they're releasing commander decks. And I was going to send you one of the, <laughs> the Lord of the Rings commander decks because oh. they they look quite tasty. The, um, just the idea called... of it is like, oh, that is something I would just have on my shelf. Yeah, yeah, that's well, you know, I've got some on my shelf. There's a, a card in Commander called Soul Ring. And essentially, okay. you pay one mana, which is how it works. Uh, and it's like this ring that you can then tap for two mana. It's, like, it's like called a, I can't remember, like a mana rock, I think, is the, what, what the, the, the professional, the cool people call it. But they've <laughs> changed the artwork. In with the so it's, it's the one ring. Oh, that's cool. 
is now the soul ring yeah so oh, that is cool okay yeah. well i'll try and avoid that seems no. unlikely no don't do cool it. all right yeah. well uh science i've got some news so week, we're talking oh yeah news yeah go for news fire for news um it's been a while since we've spoken about our good friend the old james webb space telescope big hype um love what it's doing up there big fan however um i don't know if this is a recent or it's only just kind of come into my knowledge sphere but it possibly just made its big discovery discovery biggest discovery it ever has made and will make so we all know well as the story goes the universe is 13.7 billion years old give or take and for people who don't really understand how space telescopes work essentially because light takes time to travel by the time you're viewing that light you're seeing an object as it was when light departed that object mm-hmm. easy example the sun emits light which obviously reaches earth but it takes eight minutes to reach earth so essentially when we look at the sun please don't look directly at the sun um <laughs> We're seeing it as it was eight minutes ago, because it takes the light eight minutes to travel that distance. Now, if you've got a really powerful telescope, you can look really, really far away. And because light has taken so long to get there, you are looking that far back in time. So if you're looking at a star that's 20 light years away, you're seeing it as it was 20 years ago. That's the premise. So one of the main objectives of the James Webb Space Telescope was to look really, really far away, really far back in time, further than we've ever looked before, to see how proto-galaxies formed at the beginning of the universe. Just to try and, you know, further our understanding of the early portions of the universe and how the early galaxies formed. So what we expected to see were these primal galaxies that are kind of small, don't really have as much structure as you might expect, you know, big uh, gas clouds, these kinds of things. But instead... What we saw when we looked 13 to 13.2 billion light years away is galaxies that are bigger than the Milky Way and are as structured. Now, why weren't we expecting to see that? Because galaxies that are that structured and bigger than the Milky Way should take billions of years to form. So essentially what the James Webb Space Telescope has just revealed is that our estimation of the universe being 13.7 billion years old is wrong by probably billions of years. Yeah, I did see this. It's um, crazy. Yeah, it's mad. It kind of blew my mind because I know we're always like learning new things and everything like that, but you kind of expect, oh, you know, you've grown up always hearing that. So you just kind of accept it as fact. And then now... I saw an interview with Michio Kaku, who's the American physicist who mm-hmm. co-founded string field theory. And he was basically saying, yeah, now we've got to go back and rewrite all the textbooks. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, so they, really they, cool. they love making money out of that. So, you know, it's yeah. not an issue, I don't think, for them too much. No. Um, so it's really cool. But again, it's one of those things that kind of, I just didn't expect to see. Mad. Does that increase the likelihood chance of there being aliens though um i'd guess so if the universe is older and bigger i guess by that point than we maybe expected then uh yeah because it's been expanding longer right yeah 
So I'm just saying there's more, there's more out there. More out there. I think on mm-hmm. a scale that we can't imagine anyway. So in that sense, it probably <laughs> doesn't make that much difference, right? We can't yeah. comprehend the, the, what it was anyway. But uh, so it's just gone beyond even less comprehension. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really interesting. Really cool. Yes. Yes. Awesome source. Um, so yeah, Formula One season starting today as of uh, release. Um, so I thought, why not? And, and in my head, I didn't really feel the need to define Formula One. Maybe for people <laughs> in America. I know it's not that big there yet, but they are marketing it towards towards America. Four-wheelers, single pilot, open wheel, open cockpit type scenario. Vroom, vroom, go fast. Um, yeah. But I, in my head, Formula One is the sciencyest sport out there it relies uh, on science the most engineering obviously the most yeah i would say definitely. Mm-hmm. um i know science is playing a bigger role in more sports especially like var systems like in football and american football but that's just kind of video technology really yeah i would agree um i just want to preface this Tom likes Formula One and watches it. Yeah. I actively don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't understand. No, I don't understand it. I don't get the appeal of any section of it. That's fair. Um, uh, I think a lot of it seems dull to me watching it. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the, like, how, on the, from the outside, I'm not knowing too much. It seems very elitist in how it runs, and I don't get that. Yeah, I, I, that, that's that's a fair assessment to make. I'd say I used to, definitely used to find it boring, um, and I, they are taking steps to try and make it less elite. But because it's been so ingrained in that kind of structure for so long, that's obviously taking longer than it should. Um, but yeah. they are taking steps to make it so it's not like money dependent and yeah, trying to yeah, make so it more sustainable think, things like that. For me, the big thing is it's just like peak capitalism oh yeah for sure for sure is is like it's you know people that absolutely love it are people with a lot of money that go sit on their yachts in monaco and watch it uh the the top six is it, is it top six i don't know i know but like the top they say like this the top six is like the actual real race and then you know everybody everybody else why are they even there <laughs> no, but that to makes it more. In- I think what you've got to do is learn. Especially, it's probably like last year. It was just Red Bull all the way. So you just kind of go as long as you can go. Okay, well, Max is going to win. That's fine. But where are the other interesting battles happening? Where are the rivalries going that, on there? That, Why does this person hate that person? What the fuck are Ferrari doing? Just internal crying. So you know, it just seems um, so ridiculous to be like, oh yeah, no, we've got this great race, but you know, we know who the winner is going to be. So let's focus on everybody else. It, it just seems absolutely ridiculous to me. But a lot of people love it and it makes loads of money. I, I don't get it. I don't get... Another thing, I don't get going to see it as well. Like, surely that hurts the neck. You, you're whipping your neck around <laughs> trying to try and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe less than tennis. At least when they're coming from one direction. With tennis, you're going back and forth, right? Uh, yeah, that's true. It depends. Because if you sit at the end at tennis, you just, you're just like, you've got a view straight down the middle. So it's just going oh, away and then to you. <laughs> but if you sat on a corner in Formula One, you kind of get a similar thing going on. Oh, that's true, that's true. But then, you know, it's less 
Like, was it like an you get action every time? minute and what a half, right? Minute, yeah, I was saying <laughs> one minute, one minute and thirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. twenty cars come streaming by. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then a crash happens. And you're sat there for two hours waiting for them to come by again. <laughs> Clear. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think I would go to one race just for kind of like the spectacle of having done it. But I genuinely think it's one of those sports that actually staying at home where you get all the camera views and people telling you what's yeah, happening is probably this, slightly better it's a lot of average to watch not much happen like it's better just to watch <laughs> the catch-up well that's fair yeah yeah um <laughs> you should watch season one of drives to survive I, I know you um, hate it and you have no interest but this will be a good public experiment and then when you finished it we'll ask you your feelings again and see if they've gotten worse or better i'm not i'm not, I'm not <laughs> watching drive to survive uh I'm fair enough I can't, I can't bring myself to... Because with that, I know that it's, like, overly fake as well. It's getting less and less so. Um, because like they the had people, some the drivers, bad feedback about it. But yeah, yeah, like, the the drivers themselves have been like, yeah, no, no, this is... I'm not going to be part of this. Because the overdrive... You're making, like, riffs happen. Yeah. And, like, in the first season, they were taking clips from, like, audio lines from one race and overlaying it to another race to seem like someone was way more pissed off than they were. Yeah. Um, but that's been toned down a little bit. Not a I'm lot glad. of it. But that is geared towards, like, if you're an F1 fan and you watch that, you will get pissed off, I think. But if you're not already an F1 fan, it's a good yeah. w- way to understand what's going on. Um. But yeah, we're going to try and help you understand what's going on today by looking at aerodynamics in general and then maybe yes. relating it back to uh, F1 at the end there. Because if you do watch it, you know, the cars look kind of like fighter jets and I mean, it's all about airflow. And aerodynamics are actually fairly important in quite a lot of our daily lives. And I don't think we realize you look at your own cars, mm. planes, uh I mean, even stuff like boats and how animals are shaped. I mean, boats is hydrodynamics. But, you know, similar concepts are going on. Um, but, it, yeah. Maybe that's why our noses are pointy, you know? Breaks through the air. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. Just walking. It's a break. Yeah. Down, extension. yeah you, know, exactly. you never know with these. You never know with these things. How they're they going to turn out. Right. So, uh, so Formula One. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I'll get I've got some some deets, some some definitions. I also got some facts. So we'll go okay. and we'll, do you want to do some facts first? We can do some facts. I don't have any. Um oh. because I didn't really know what to go for. Like are we just going for random Formula One facts or like science? So I I, I I flaked. I crumbled under the pressure <laughs> and got nowhere. <laughs> um I'm excited fair. for your facts though. Okay, you should be. You should be excited for my facts. So, first fact: the brake discs under heavy heavy braking on a Formula One car can can reach a hundred. Sorry, let me up this: a thousand degrees Celsius. That's pretty hot, that isn't it? Do you know what that's com- comparable to? Thermite. Molten lava. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty the, impressive. Yeah, yeah, a few like years ago. That, like they thought that was impossible to do this, um, but you know, there it is. Now, it's now doable. It's now doable. Yeah. So that absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, second one for it is <laughs> if the conditions are right, uh, 
Formula One cars are believed to be able to go upside down. I because mean, because of the, is that the a aerodynamic crash? down downfall. No, no, the aerodynamic <laughs> downforce of Formula One. You've seen the advert, haven't you? Where like it drives on the roof of the Monaco tunnel and then comes back down. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Cool. I just thought you meant like freestanding. Uh, out no, in the open yeah, yeah you mean like men in black <laughs> in the tunnel type thing right no okay. no 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 <laughs> on the roof of the tunnel i get it cool. yeah so it's like that they believe that with that advert would actually work i reckon so um, there there have been some discussions some people have said like the fluids because there's liquids that are bumping around may struggle okay um, yeah but yeah Maybe you'd have to design an engine against that, but yeah, it'd be cool Uh, enough stunt to try. It would be. I think they faked it. Uh, (laughs) A and my final one is a Formula One driver loses four pounds per race. Not in money. They're probably gaining a lot of money. They they do too much during the race. Um, I don't want to say too much because it's the same thing as footballers. People say footballers get paid too much, but it's it's directly an ad-driven thing. How many people watch how much money they get? Yeah. Um, plus, I think Formula One drivers should get paid more because it's generically dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> being a footballer yeah, yeah. isn't particularly dangerous. I don't think they make it look flopping. It yeah, I was gonna say there's, there's, there's a lot yeah. of flopping that goes around, but I don't <laughs> think it's generally that dangerous. No. Um, uh, I say this as a non-football fan, so I'm wondering how many people we've annoyed there. Um, imagine it. Yeah, if you get annoyed at us being like dissing football, then you know you need to take a strong, hard look at yourself. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but the reason that they lose four pounds per race is actually the temperatures in the cockpit during the race get so high they're losing that in sweat. Yeah, it's mad. Um, it do- they don't look that comfortable to be honest. No, um, but I know in the Malaysia race and the Singapore, it's so humid they actually lose way more than that. Uh, it goes into the kilograms oh. as well. Uh, so yeah. Crazy stuff. Absolutely mental stuff going on. Absolutely mental. Uh, and they just have really thick necks to, you know, withstand the G-forces. That's why they all look like yeah, thumbs. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen the, tra- the, the training they do when they've got the, the specialised machines and they're, like, whipping their necks around. <laughs> I whip my hair back and forth. Yeah, essentially um, that. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Uh, yeah, so... A bit of information about the form, the Formula One. That we've, we've talked about some things about it. Apparently, it's the highest level international single seat, seat auto racing. It is. Do you know um, what I find the other races uh, more interesting? Like Le Mans when they're using real cars. Not oh, okay. I thought you were going to say like Formula Two, Formula Three. Um, no, 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 no. The the the, the proper car ones, like touring cars and yeah, things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah back in the That's day. Fair. I, a friend who absolutely didn't really like formula one but absolutely loved the other stuff because he was like yeah it's like real racing because they used to use like jaguar xj220 like bentley's are used like actual real cars not it's a bit more like grand turismo yeah it's like not machines that are crafted specifically to go fast which you know that's what they're trying to do no qualm to that but it's an actual you know day-to-day car um and all the cars are kind of like similar spec whereas in formula one you've got like a range of cars that go from really fast to kind of shit yeah and there's like a maximum um, amount you're allowed to spend it's not who's got the most money to buy the most engines or research the most to get the fastest car well that's how formula like, one is not, now yeah but well, i'm saying the other ones yeah 
aren't like that. Oh, they're not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair. So, you know, it is what it is. Apparently, it's, prestig- it's prestigious. So they say. Would you say? Well, I think that just comes. Well, I think that just comes with like the fame and the money and. Like, yeah, I guess so. Because it's the most televised single-seater event, right? Yeah. And it's only growing in popularity thanks to things like Drive to Survive. Uh, I'd say it's quite prestigious, yeah. I don't think many people would turn down an opportunity to race in Formula 1 if you're a racer already, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So I'd have to agree. Okay, well, for those that don't know, this prestigious motorship championship takes place over nine months. Yeah. Starting today. <sighs> yeah. Practices. Races on Sunday. And then probably yeah, nine months. That's probably that's probably yeah. It's a long time. But it does mean you've got if you're into the sport, you've got quite a like long window of watching Enjoyment. content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> content. Content. Um, yeah. So what I what I what I do think is quite interesting is the way they um <sighs> Some of the, if you look at like the the policies in place, like testing and stuff, I find yeah. that quite interesting. Like they're not, they've got a set amount of time in the wind tunnel, and if yeah. they're fined, they lose that time in the wind tunnel. Yeah, and one of the recent, so in twenty twenty two, there was a massive overhaul of regulations about how the cars are allowed to acquire downforce. Um, so we'll go into this later. But one of the other things they introduced is the cost cap, so you can't spend above a certain amount. Yeah. And also wind tunnel allowance. The team who comes first overall gets the least amount of time. And the team who comes last gets the most amount of time in the wind tunnel so that they can perfect their aerodynamic uh, pathways better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, hopefully that will actually, you know, actually work in a couple of years. Hasn't so far. <laughs> 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 but I think there's a bit of lag time to that because some teams are already further ahead. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they got more money. Because <laughs> they got right. more monies. Uh, for those that don't know, it's uh, sanctioned by the Federation International de Automotive (FIA). They're the people that ensure that what you know what's going on is up to snuff, like Red Bull being fined for overspending. Yeah, and FIA um, are also in charge of lots of other racing uh, disciplines. So it's, it's not just Formula One, but they they do a lot of things. I think uh, mm. all over the world. Good, good for them. Good for them. Glad. Yeah. Glad. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a racing event that features very powerful engines, lots of aerodynamics, very advanced, so high tech components. They reach speeds over over. 300 kilometers an hour if you didn't know it's pretty tasty isn't it what? it's pretty tasty speed to be going it is it's not like it you're just nipping down the road <laughs> well they, they are nipping well, down the road not. but in in very very quick style yeah <laughs> like they're, they're going so quickly down the road very quickly very um, quickly <laughs> i can't imagine uh, it to be fair like better better them than me I think my neck would just fall off. Yeah, what? Watching it. Watching it, just being in it, like, breaking. I think I'll just headbutt the wheel. <laughs> 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 boo, 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 smack. 
<laughs> and he's out of here. Straight into the wall, passes out. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, um, that's funny. Any other tidbits? No, no, that's, that's, that's all I've got to say on what Formula One is. Yeah. Cool. So there are a lot of um, components which, you know, from the engine and how they build that to uh, the moving more to like battery powered stuff as well. Braking, as you mentioned, uh, tires are a massive thing. But, you know, I think the most important thing and the reason why we're doing aerodynamics is because airflow is probably the most complicated thing to understand, apart from the engine side of things. But, yeah, here's what it is. Um, so, yeah, and it kind of is the whole reason why they, they look like they do. So, aerodynamics, what's that, mate? Oh, that, you can't just lift into aerodynamics. <laughs> like, what is it? Um, you, you can, you can 100% do that. So aerodynamics is the study of motion of air, particularly when it interacts with solid objects like aeroplanes. The principles of aerodynamics govern the behavior of airflow and understand that it's essential for designing things like efficient aircrafts, but again, also Formula One cars. Um, there are some basic principles of aerodynamics, such as the Bernoulli principle, Newton's law of motion, Kinder effect, drag is a big one, and boundary layer. Which, which do you want to go into them a little? Do you want me to dabble? Want to dabble? Yeah, in dabble away. So, so <laughs> Bernoulli's principle. This principle states that <laughs> uh, as the Bernoulli. velocity, Bernoulli is this like Bernoulli, Guillermo, it's a double L I, right? Guillermo, Guillermo. <laughs> Guillermo. Yeah, because uh, he he also did the Bernoulli. Uh, distribution as well, um, I think. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting? We watched uh We watched. We started watching um what we do in the shadow, and I I forgot that the familiar is uh called um Guemo. <laughs> I was what, like, oh, I have no idea what this is. This show. Oh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. It's the the vampire series was originally a movie. Uh, okay. which is a, a New Zealand-based movie about these vampires just messing around, really. Incredibly okay. funny. It had Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords and the actor of um, Thor, Love and Thunder, Takiki... I can't never remember his name. <laughs> yeah, Apologies. okay. But you know who he is. Um, and they made oh, that into a series Plus. with Matt Berry... Uh, the other guy from it <laughs> and another vampire woman. Uh, and it's very funny. But one of the, them, get, they get a familiar. The, the guy from Foam Jacker is one of the uh, one of the vampires. It's very funny. Okay. Uh, but the, he has a familiar called Guillermo. <laughs> when they said it, I was like, ah, oh, we know, we know, we know them. We've, we've been learning that. that yeah, we've been practicing our we've Spanish practicing names. Our Spanish uh, names, yeah. For oh, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, massacring I'll, I'll check them. that out. Oh yeah, it's it's incredibly funny. Would recommend to anybody. All right. Um, but Benu- how do you say it was pronounced? Bernoui. Um, Bernoui. For anyone who's trying to search that, it's B E R N O U L L I. Pretty sure he was an Italian. I'm making the hands. I'm making the hands of, with my hands. Ah, he was a Swiss mathematician. Oh, Swiss, yeah. of course, of course not. In no way Italian. In, in pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, I, I heard. Yeah, I'm just going to lock my door so they don't come smashing it down. <laughs> <such a thing. laughs> um, so this principle states that as the velocity of a fluid, such as air, 
because if you didn't know, air can be your fluid. <laughs> Great. Essentially, um, it is right. Essentially, it's the same. Increases the, its pressure, decreases. Yeah. I'll do that again. When uh, the velocity of a fluid increases, its pressure decreases. Yes. Uh, which is the principle that allows airplane wings to generate lift. I'll go into the, a bit more about that in the in the in the, in the future. Um, Newton's law of motion. Yeah, this law describes how forces affect the motions, uh, the motion of objects, and they are used to calculate the forces acting on an airplane in flight. So, how do we keep it in the air? Um, Pretty important that uh, one. You want to keep yeah. it going, don't you? <laughs> There's Coanders effect, <laughs> and this is the tendency of fluids to adhere to a curved surface, which is again uh, specialized for looking at getting lift uh, in a in a plane. Yes. Very, very important. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the, the easiest, like, if anyone has, if you just think about a plane wing and how, you know, as it moves through the air, it creates lift. Pulling that back to Formula One, just turn the plane wing upside down. <laughs> and Formula One cars are trying to do the opposite. Instead of trying yeah, to get, so push grab down, lift, they're trying up. to push into the floor because it gives yeah. them better traction and downforce. Uh, that's mm-hmm. called yeah yeah the magic that is that uh drag is the force that opposes motion through a fluid um yes it's caused by friction and pressure differences and it's an important factor in determining an airplane speed and fuel efficiency yeah 100 percent. and like if you imagine i'm trying to think of a way to describe this so all right the reason why planes are pointy, right? They normally got a nose cone, which is a lot thinner than the rest of it. Right? Uh-huh. Imagine uh-huh. you had a pencil with it's a really sharp pencil on one end, and it's got the rubber on the other end, right? Yeah. Try and push the rubber through a thin sheet of paper. It's quite hard because it's flat surface, right? There's a lot of friction there. But if you put the right. pencil, the sharp end, through a piece of paper, it's going to go through a lot quicker, a lot easier. Okay. If you imagine yeah. the piece of paper is like a wall of air particles that you've got to push through. Yeah, if you yeah, have yeah. a sharp oh, yeah, object, yeah, yeah. it's easier yes. to push through that than if you have a blunt object. Yeah. Yes. Does that work for drag? <laughs> a, a, a li- yeah, a, a little bit. What I think you're more, you're more describing there could be like trying to push through the sound barrier is, is more what I visualize when you say something like that. Okay, that that's a thing as well. But yeah, because um, that's when you've got all that pressure on that front cone, and when you those waves, when you break through those waves, or you push them so far, that's where the bang comes from. True. Okay. How about if you're swimming, and yeah. you've got you're trying to you've got your palm like perpendicular to the water, and you're pushing it through. You know, you can push a lot of water, but it's quite hard. If you turn yes. your palm sideways, so all your fingers in a row, it's a lot easier to put your hand through the water because there's less surface area blocking uh, yeah. in contact with the front edge, right? Um, that's not drag, though. It's not drag because that's in water, but it's a similar <laughs> concept. I'm trying to no, think like actual no, you things drag that in people. Water. Okay, because it's it's uh, any is the force that poses motion through a fluid, right? Be water. Okay, fine. Well, I'll shut up then. 
So, it, so drag through water would be like if you've got a boat with a very polished surface compared to one that had like a rough surface on the outside. Yeah, it would. It has more drag when it has a, that rough surface. For sure. Yeah, because it will cling onto it more because there's more surface area for it to like latch onto, so it makes it harder to pull the boat through the water. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. All right. I've got some uh, fundamental concepts of aerodynamics. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and it essentially relates to, if you're an aerodynamicist, how they think about the world, how they classify and just try and understand the movement of fluids or air, obviously. Um, so it basically, as you said, it comes from, like, lift drag are the two main things that people focus on when it comes to this um unlike liquids and solids gases are composed of discrete molecules which occupy only a small fraction of the volume that's why it doesn't really feel like there's anything in air even though there is the molecules are just or particles are just so far apart Mm -hmm. now on a molecular level flow fields essentially the area that you're measuring flow through are made up of the collisions of these individual gas molecules and the solid surface that you are measuring the flow from. But Mm -hmm. in most aerodynamic applications, the fact that (laughs) gas uh, is a discrete in its molecular nature is just completely ignored. They go, okay, to make our models work, we're just going to pretend that... Uh, air is a continuous thing, kind of like water or a solid. They just kind of shift the slider a little bit until it becomes a continuum rather than lots of individual little molecules bouncing off each other. And that's just how they make that assumption, even if it's kind of wrong, and they go, this is how we're dealing with it because it's a million times easier to Mm -hmm. predict and to measure. And for all intents and purposes, it works very well. Um... And most of the time, this assumption being valid is completely dependent on the gas you're looking at, but in air, it holds true. And they will classify different flows according to velocity. So if it's a subsonic flow, uh, they're basically saying this is where the airspeed is below that of the local speed of sound. Mm-hmm. Transonic flow includes both regions of subsonic flow and regions in which the local flow speed is greater than the local speed of sound. And supersonic flows are flows in which all of the flow speed is greater than the speed of sound. And what's very important to understand about the speed or, or about flow speeds in subsonic regions, so anywhere on earth essentially in our daily lives is that gases cannot be compressed air cannot be compressed if you've got 10 molecules of air coming in a tube at like you know every one second you're gonna have 10 molecules of air leaving that tube every second as well Mm -hmm. that's just how it works and they can hack that and make it do really wonky things uh, which I'm sure we'll come on to uh, later as well. Which are really interesting. Yeah. 
And that was Benui as well, who kind of cottoned on to that fact. Not him again. Yeah. The bloody Swiss. <laughs> no no offense to actual Swiss people. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. Not, not at all. all. Uh, I know a few Swiss people, so if you're listening, hello. <laughs> hello, Swiss. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then that kind of all interacts with the, conserva- the conservation laws that you mentioned as well. So that determines how viscous a flow field is and things like that. So... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that kind of covers everything to do with flow classification. And that will become more apparent in a little bit as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and you got anything more on aer- aerodynamics? Yeah, What's... I've got like how the planes fly. Oh, that's well, a good I, I, one. I, I, had, I had a look at because it's it's one of those one of the th- one of those things that you know a lot of people are just like, how does it work? Every time I'm at an airport and I see a plane taking off, I look at it and I just go, that, that, that doesn't look real. Yeah. One of the things that people think of is that, um, like, the jets are pushing it forwards and then, like, the, 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 the wings just, like, angle it through, you know. Yeah. Through, through the air. air. Which isn't... Isn't isn't how it works. That's not, no. that's not how it works. I mean, thrust um, is very important when it comes to generating lift or downforce, right? Um, but as you say, it, it's not the driver. Yeah. It's no, it's not not at all. It, so all those turbines are doing are literally pushing uh, the airplane through the air in terms of like forwards. It doesn't push yeah. it up. It doesn't make it float. It's literally just propelling it forwards. And then what happens to make it fly or lift is essentially <laughs> utilizing some of the principles that we've just said. The the movement of the air around like the wing of the aircraft is how it works. It's it's completely crazy how how it works. So when the aircraft moves forwards via the the jets. Uh, jet turbines pushing it forwards the air flows over the wings and creates a difference in air pressure because of the boundary no not that one it's the Cardano effect which is the, the to adhere to a curved surface is, is one of the reasons because air you know adheres to a curved surface so it will go through those curved that's why you can't have flat wings they have to be curved um, the, the bottom side of a wing is flat correct and then the top side is curved no, they both have to be curved. But okay, the, they're both curved. The, the top half is curved more. Okay. So what essentially happens is because the, the top side is curved more, the air pressure on the top of the wing is lower because the um, the velocities increased. Yeah, so it comes back to the tube thing, off. right? If 10 molecules hit the front of the wing and they get split five up, five down they have to rejoin each other at the end of the wing, right? Which means because the top molecules are going a further distance, they move faster, reducing the air pressure on top of the wing. Yeah, as the velocity increases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So because there's a lower pressure under the wing, it actually creates uh, uplift 
or lift, an upward force called lift. And because that lift exists and the, 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 the lift is greater than, you know, gravity, it then, you know, the plane rises into the sky. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, really. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, like the only thing keeping planes in the air is a difference in pressure. Yeah, it's, it's just like, oh, I've got a bit of low pressure up here and that somehow creates suction that lifts the wing, that lifts the plane up by its wings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's mad. Yeah. I know we're simplifying a lot. Like the... There's like the, the the engines push it forwards. The, the there's like control surfaces. There's rudders, elevators, ailerons that are all used like to control the direction, altitude of the aircraft. Um, but essentially, what it comes down to is the the lift. Yeah, uh, that's the all important bit, right? Like once you're up, you can then move the rudders. Like if you move the rudder left, it pushes the air out the back of the plane in a certain direction which is going to make it turn left as well, right? Yeah. Um, now, now that I'm thinking about it, when you've got, like, submarines, and they've got, like, they've, they've most submarines have, like, now they've got the small wings on them, don't they? Yeah. Is that to create the reverse effect? Um, why? So it, like, it, it causes downward pressure, because say you've got a wing, like an airplane wing, Yeah. and you turn it upside down, would, yeah. When you get when you push it forwards, it would then push it down. The same. Yeah. Um, well, it depends if your submarine is positively or negatively buoyant, right? They definitely have those which helps. Maybe they're three sixty degree turning, right? So they could have them facing one way oh, for another. lift, and another yeah. way for downward facing. Um, but sharks operate the same way as planes. Do they? Yeah, shark fins that have a the same very similar shape to plane wings, um, and so you have some shark species. The ones we spoke about this not not too long ago about the different types of ventilation. Um, mm-hmm. Most sharks are passive ventilators, which means they just need to swim forward yeah, to, to, to to breathe. They can't actively breathe. Yeah. Um, so the fact that their wing their wings their <laughs> Uh, pectoral they're, they're fins. Water, yeah, they got water, water wings. What are you chatting about? Yeah, yeah water wings. Water, the the fact wings. that their water wings are kind of locked in place, they just have to create thrust. They've got a tail which just pushes them forward, and mm-hmm. it's their fins that push them up. If they stop swimming, they sink. Yeah. Uh, it's a very similar concept as well. Yeah. And they lighten the load because they just got really fat livers. Share the load. Share the load. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as you say, we simplified it, but it's something that needs simplifying. It's not an easy thing to understand. Um, no. <laughs> especially podcast format. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got no, like, can't make visuals. Visual aids. Like, here, here's, yeah. here's this visual, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, difficult one, difficult one. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to start streaming on Twitch. Get the whiteboards <laughs> out. Oh no! <laughs> Not the fireballs. <laughs> oh dear! Right, bring us back to to uh, the old um Formula One. The old Formula One. So, the old Formula uh, One. as we said earlier, downforce. take a plane wing, turn it upside down, and you get downforce instead of lift, which yeah. is really helpful if you're a car. 
because it makes your tires stick to the road better, which means your power delivery from the engine gets transferred to the floor better, so you go quicker, and mm-hmm. you've got better grip, so you can turn uh, more responsively as well. Um, so as we've said about drag, you need to get rid of as much of that as possible. And that starts in the nose cone at the front. Uh, so what I was trying to say about the piece of paper earlier, kind of like punching a hole in a piece of paper, uh, essentially you're punching a hole in the air. And the reason why they've got these like really elaborate wings on the front, front wings they're called, uh, <laughs> is so they can shape the air as it goes past. So instead of just like pushing the air out of the way, it's very intricately shaped so they can push the air out of the way of the tires so the tires can spin without being uh, obstructed by airflow and then redirect all of the air across the surface, across the side of the car, all the Mm. way to the back towards the spoiler or rear wing, um, which again provides them with more downforce. So it's really... All Formula One is, and this is a gross oversimplification, even as a a fan, (laughs) is shaping air (laughs) properly. And if you ever go and watch like the 2023 highlights, you can, they they use this special, it looks like glow in the dark paint. They put it on the cars and then they send the cars around the track. And basically what it does is it gets pushed around by the air so they can see the airflow around the car. Yeah. And there are some teams where this paint is bloody everywhere hasn't got a rhyme or reason just half the car is like bright yellow and then there's some teams where the paint has followed like a perfectly clear groove out in the car and you can see that their aerodynamic systems are working much better because the airflow is pushing all the paint in the same confined direction okay Um, so it's all about pushing air over the car to push it down into the track um but 2022 i'm gonna i was about to say the cars look very different but if you're not a fan they just look the same <laughs> i was gonna um, say 100 looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> um like look up a 2021 car and a 2022 car next to it uh if you're like into cars and you can look at like aerodynamic systems or you can look at spoilers and front wings and just different shapes on the car you'll be like oh they do look quite different but if you're, you know, not too bothered about cars, they'll just look exactly the same. But basically, there was an issue before last year where the airflow off the back of a car was very turbulent. So if you were in a car behind a car, it meant yeah. your aerodynamic systems weren't working properly because they are designed to work in like clean air undisturbed air but if you're following another car that's making really turbulent air behind it um, the air doesn't follow the grooves you have planned and then it's harder to turn and get all the downforce that you wanted originally right okay yeah in the corners but on straights if you're behind a car so you don't have to turn uh, the first car is punching the hole in the air and the second car doesn't have to do that so it'll actually start going faster and this is like slipstream. If you've ever played a racing game and, you know, you're behind a car, you may start to go faster for no reason at all. This is them trying to emulate that effect because at speeds of 200, 300 kilometers an hour, it actually does make a difference. Um, mm-hmm. If you're the car breaking through the air for the first time or you're following a car through. 
So to stop this whole dirty air business, they went to something called the Venturi effect. And this is very similar to Bernoulli's whole thing of consistent airflow. But what they found is, or what Venturi found uh, a few centuries ago, a couple centuries ago, this guy was Mm. Italian. Basically, let's say you've you've got your 10 particles of air coming in a tube every second and your 10 particles of air leaving that tube every second, right? If I squeeze the middle of the tube down so that it's a smaller hole, basically because we discovered earlier that air cannot be compressed, what has to happen is each of the particles has to move through that smaller gap a lot quicker than it was in the open space. And it creates an area of low pressure. Okay. Right? So what they decided to do was under the car, these are called ground effect cars now because most of the downforce is generated not on top of the car, but under the car. They've got a big opening behind the wheels at the front of the car and a big opening in front of the wheels at the rear of the car. And then in the middle of the car, it's really close to the ground. So you've got air coming in at a certain speed. It gets forced between the bottom of the car and the floor, creating an area of low pressure. Mm -hmm. And then it gets shot out the back again at the same speed that it came in. And essentially what that does is, exactly as you said with the plane wing, but just flip it upside down. It just sucks the bottom of the car toward the floor and basically means that behind there's much less turbulent air because as it comes out of the bottom it goes through the rear diffuser which is essentially a system to break the air back up into a similar package as to how it entered the car meaning there's less turbulent air left behind and the cars behind should be less affected by this okay so instead of okay you've still got your spoilers on the front and you still got your wings at the front and all your different tunnels around the car But these years, this year and last year moving forward, the main purpose of getting your downforce so you stick to the track is basically having a wing, an aeroplane wing on the bottom of the car just turned upside down, creating this low pressure area. Um, So it's really interesting. (laughs) But it's the part of the car you never see unless there's something horribly wrong. Yeah. So if you are into aerodynamics and things like that, and you do like the engineering side, it's the part of the car you're never going to see. Again, unless something's gone horribly wrong. (laughs) Um, Which you never hope for, but it does seem to happen at least once a year. Mm -hmm. Not ideal. Unfortunately. No, not ideal. But they're getting safer. They're getting safer. Um, Yeah, the thing around the top, the halo. I've yeah, the halo. No, no, I know what I'm talking about. The halo. Yeah. And after the crash at uh, Silverstone, the British Grand Prix pre last year, yeah, um, they've made the halo even like has to withstand higher pressures than before because uh, the the driver got stuck in their seat for like 20 minutes, hanging upside down. That's not ideal. That's not what you want. No, they were safe though. The halo did its job perfectly, yeah. uh, but they just wanted to be able to handle a bit more pressure because he was skating upside down, nearly on his head. Um, but they have taken steps to make things a bit more safer for the drivers, which is good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, 
but without going like into too much more complications and things like that, for the simple terms, that's how aerodynamics works in F1. You've got the overcar, and now you've got this new ground effect uh, system that was banned until last year because it made the cars too fast. Um, so to combat that, they've made the cars heavier. Right, okay. Um, so they've made the engine have to weigh heavier and the car in general have to weigh more because when it comes to moving fast, you've got lift, drag, weight, and thrust. So they're increasing the weight to try and combat the fact that they've now got more, well, not lift, but downforce in this instance. Oh, okay. Um, to try and just keep the speeds down a little bit because they were getting way too fast. Understandable. Yeah. Um, but that, I didn't think I'd get through almost six pages of notes. <laughs> I, mate, you started but, but, off, but I, I have. Thought I, just, I thought I'd just let you go. <laughs> um, yeah, but reel me back in. Uh, what, what else you got here? I've got things I could just pull off my head, but... <laughs> well, I looked at how do Formula One cars stay on track? And that's oh, not okay. to say, yeah, yeah. like, in their career. <laughs> this is how do they actually stay on the physical track? They don't um, drink the champagne at the end of the race. That's how they stay on track. I mean, yeah. slippery slope. <laughs> slippery slope. So there's a combination of, of three different things that really keep them on track perfectly. And that is aerodynamics, tyres and suspension. We talked about the aerodynamics of um, a, a lot. And it helps them stay on track because downforce. Um, which we've, we've gone into very... You can go into more if you want. I'm not going to. Um, essentially just push the car down lets them go around corners really really quickly without sliding yeah. um, and then they've got the tyres which they're specially designed so for extra grip and they have to keep them warm yeah you know, you've got to keep them toasty well it depends what tyres they are um, it does depend for, there's, a, there's a few different types and you, you'll, you, you if you've ever watched tires. Formula 1 and they're like wiggling down the track it's just you've got tyre temperature on the surface, but you've got internal as well. Yeah. And they both determine how much grip you've got and how quickly the tyre is going to lose that grip. Like, I've played a lot of Formula 1 video games, which, you know, I can understand enjoying that because you actually get to drive it. Um, yeah, you're actually doing something. Yeah, you're actually doing something. It's fun. And you have to be conscious of your, your tyre uh, temperatures on that because it does, like, make them a lot, lot grippier. Yeah. Um. There's there's a ridiculous amount, like like the amount of weight that will be lost from the tire over the race. Oh, it's mad. Well. Yeah. I th- I think they were testing new tires a few last week, and like cars were coming back from a few laps out just covered in black because the rubber had just come off the t- like melted off the tire and yeah, just stuck to the car. It's not very really eco friendly. This. No. Sport. No. Four stop. No, um, yeah. they're trying. I mean, oh, are they? Kind of, not really. I mean, they could be doing better, but um, the whole thing—they are developing a new synthetic drop-in fuel system. Um, which, if they do it successfully, which they should do by twenty twenty-six, still three years off. Um, <laughs> but essentially, the fuel is going to be something that you could just go and put in your car without having to change the engine at all, and it should work perfectly. Okay. So, I think in my head that's how I justify watching it. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, at least, I'm sure it's just a PR thing to be like, "Oh, look, we're trying." 
Yeah. Um, no, no, we swear. We swear we're trying. Look. We're really trying. I promise. Look how much um, we swear we're trying. But they've got Formula E, so we should, maybe we should just go to that instead. Yeah. Which is much more exciting uh, for someone who's... If you don't like Formula One, you might like Formula E. Why? Um, it's a bit more it? video game-like. Um, so the cars have got massive fans in. And they basically got like a section of the track that if they drive off off the racing Oh, yeah, I've seen that. They get a boost. And through they? a thing, they got like two minutes of boosting. And then you see these cars like tactically using boosting and like ramming into each other because, well, it's more accident. And so the drivers are less experienced as Formula One drivers. <laughs> um, it's yeah. just a bet. And they, they look way more futuristic. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. What it is. Sorry, go ahead with your, your tyres and suspension. No, that's fine, that's fine. It's what it is. It is what it be. It is what it is. Um, no, the whole thing was about them them losing weight um, and being specialised for it. And the other one is the suspension, uh, which is specially designed to keep the tyres on the track at all times. Uh, because otherwise, A... The, uh, <laughs> the the drivers will have a shit time because <laughs> it'd be so bumpy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually been a problem this year. Yeah, so I, I've seen because there's the, been a foire f- 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 about it. Yeah, with the ground effect cars, because if you start, if you've got a really bouncy suspension, it doesn't keep that vacuum underneath the car. It doesn't keep that suction. So what they need to do is drive with really stiff suspension, which means if there's a bump in the road, you feel it. So I think it was Lewis, Lewis Hamilton who was very, like, finished a race and couldn't walk because his spine was, you know, he was just bouncing on his spine for three hours straight or two hours. Um, so, yeah, he, they, they weren't happy they weren't about happy. that. Uh, no. So it is a thing. I mean, imagine just bouncing on your butt for two hours. It's his it job. I sit, I sit down at a computer all day. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, but I do you sit there bouncing on your coccyx? Um, for for how, how long's a race? Uh, maximum two hours. Yeah, how often do they race? Uh, 23 times in nine months. Who who? Like, what? 40 hours. Oh, no. <laughs> Fair. Yes. I do that in a week. Why not? There's also like... Great, cool. Yeah, he gets paid a considerable amount for it. Like, there's like, not damage pay, but like, it's why I sympathy for people that get have a ridiculous amount of money. Again, sucks for them. They can go cry in their Ferrari. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of like the world oh, is struggling great. to like heat their houses at the moment, and you know I'm supposed to care about one millionaire who's got a, a like a sore coccyx. Oh. <laughs> Like, like oh, I mean, not great. impressed. <laughs> this is why I really want to watch you drive. Uh, watch. I really want to. Words just failed me there. So uh, I really want to see you watch Drive to Survive. I think that would be hilarious. I don't. Can think you I do, do like a special goggle box? I don't, I don't think I could do it. Episode of just you watching it. I think it would, it would pain me too much to do it. That's fair and valid. Yeah, like. I just, I just couldn't. They'd be like, oh, these people are getting egg, egg, eggy at each other. I'm like, oh, cool. This is why. <laughs> why? 
Yeah, fair that's fair. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, well, coming up to the hour, you got anything else you want to? Well, I was going to come down for us, but I think we've we've I don't know how a whole session, but I think we've genuinely covered everything that I was going to say, or you you did when you went into air. Uh, oh, sorry, dirty <laughs> air, which is perfectly fine because that's how. Cause, did you say about slipstreaming? I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we didn't like it happens in video games for a lot, and a lot of people are like oh, slipstreaming, you get in behind and. People don't know you can do it. I do it in public. Yeah, it's really like, good for fuel I've, efficiency. Yeah, I've got like I had a, like a three-hour. We drove. Grace and I drove up to you know Harry Potter World. It's not called Harry Potter World. It's Harry Potter. It's it's studio whatever it is. Um, but for a section of that, I found a massive lorry, and I was like, he's he's going a good pace. Just slotting behind him, getting that you know. <laughs> that, yeah. That dirty if, air if zone, you follow and a you're, car up. You're making money. You're saving coinage. Yeah, and I think like it doesn't make much difference to like five, ten mile an hour, obviously. But if you are going, uh, what's the speed limit in this country? Seventy. Yes. <laughs> there, there we go. <laughs> oh, Tom. Tom. You're too deep into the Formula One, mate. You are oh, yeah. trying to do three hundred. Yeah, if you are going seventy mile an hour or ninety kilometers an hour, I think that's where I got confused. <laughs> Um, because I knew I'm, I'm sure it wasn't ninety, but I couldn't do the conversion in my head. Yeah. Um, and then obviously up to three hundred kilometers an hour in <laughs> if you are doing Formula One stuff, it makes a massive difference. Oh, it does. Um, it does. So yeah, if you're on the motorway, going the legal limit for your country, whatever that that is, uh, <laughs> slot in behind be. a car. We don't know. And just, don't just know watch. Anymore. You just don't need to use as much uh, gas to go the same yes. speed. Yeah. Cool. Right. Before I say anything else, it's going to get me <laughs> Incr- incriminating trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end the show there. Uh, shall yeah, we? We'll send it back. <laughs> cool. Well. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. I knew said watching then. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for watching through your ear friends, holes. families, coworkers, people who like and dislike F one or planes, uh, whatever. If you want to find more fun information, science, just us, you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at InfoEntryPod, Instagram, InformationEntryPod, and of course, whichever directory you're listening to this to. Um, yeah. If you can give us a like, rating, share. If you don't want to actually share it to anyone because we would embarrass you, then just copy the link. That counts as well. Yeah, just control and, C and uh, copy. Yeah. Awesome source. Anything else to add? No, that's it. That's it from me. It's been, uh, yeah. it's been good. All right. Cool. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> Peace. Have an hour.